for that reading. Well, good morning. Um, if you haven't met me, my name's Cameron Vajvos. Um, Bola introduced me before. I, I'm from Gateway Community Church, just down the freeway. I work there three days a week, uh, assisting Craig Vidal there as one of the pastors. My focus is on youth and children and young adults. And another day of the week I spend, uh, yeah, being the state youth coordinator as well. Um, and it's really cool because um, that role is about holding together a unity that we have. Actually, uh, this church is part of a network of many churches. There's, there's seven or eight-ish of us in this state. And um, when we have combined events, you, you get to see a little glimpse of the, the amazing unity that we can actually have in Jesus. And one of the greatest times is the state youth camp. Um, I just want to flag now, for anyone who is in the high school age range or if you want to love and support and pay for someone's ticket who is a high schooler, that's going to be coming up in the weekend before Easter next year. I think it's like the end of March. Um, so I would encourage you to, to yeah, be generous towards that and encourage your young people as they attend that. Um, I was sitting there as we were singing before, and, and I was just so distracted by um, the words <laughs> from the task that I had to do uh, now. Um, as we were singing, the voices uh, rising up, singing the same words in unison, singing in harmony with each other. It's, it's, it's a glorious thing, and I totally forgot that I had to come and do this, because I was just so encouraged by being among you and singing God's praise together. And... and and I think what we see in this passage this morning is that there is, well, at least for me, and I think for Paul as well, he's saying there's, there's nothing better than experiencing the unity of like-minded Christians who share the same love. Uh, for us at Gateway, we've, we've had a bit of a focus on building community this year uh, We've had our first church camp in eight years. It was really a really, really great time. And at that camp, we looked at the theme of authentic Christian community. And how do we build that? And what does that look like? And what sort of commitment does that take from each other? Uh, we've also had uh, guests who's coming to lunch. We haven't done that for, for a while now, so you guys are doing it today as well. It's, it's an excellent time to, to meet people who are part of your local church, to build relationships, to build and deepen the strength and unity we have. Um, and as we're nearing the end of the year, we've also begun a series on Philippians. It's called Like Jesus, and we're looking at the 11 chapters at the beginning of verse, of, of chapter, yeah, we're looking at chapter one, uh, chapter two, one to 11, uh, which we read this morning. And, uh, Philippians is an amazing book because as you heard, you may have picked it up in, in the introduction, Paul has such a deep heart felt love and care and affection for the people in Philippi. It, it's, it's, really, it's really quite profound. And when I read that, it really resonates with me because I'm a pretty emotionally driven sort of a guy. I have to be careful because, uh, you know, if my emotions are low, then everything else crashes. But if my emotions are high, everything else is great. Um, I'm really driven by that. So when I'm reading Philippians, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. You know what? I, I, I want to feel that way about my church too. And um, yeah, that's part of our vision uh, at Gateway Church. This is probably why we've been looking at this. Uh, if we can get up the 
gateway vision slide, which is the next one. What we want to see, we want to see a welcoming church of united uh, individuals and families following Jesus. And this is what we've been focusing on, united fa families and individuals following Jesus. A church so delighting in God and treasuring each other. Now, when you look around the room and you see your brothers and sisters, do you treasure them? Do you have a same sort of mindset like Paul does, that you have a deep, heartfelt love and affection for the people that God has called you together with? I want to point your attention to your mission statement. I saw it come up on the screen as we were uh, coming into the service. Together, we learn Jesus, lead people towards Jesus, and love like Jesus. And the whole way this works is it's together. We, we're all part of the same same mission we're all going the same direction and i love it because it's not about individuals it's about personal relationships as we as you're doing this thing together it, it's it's a really community unity thing and what an excellent mission to be on hey it takes teamwork it requires unity and it's a coordinated effort and I'm sure uh, as you, you've probably seen it, and I've seen it so much already in this service, that you've seen some of that become a reality. Um, the affection, as we're hearing about the, the children's ministry, do you hear the affection for, for our young people and for their joy and progress in the faith? So when you hear the Apostle Paul in, uh, in Philippians talk with such deep affection towards the Philippians, sometimes it might seem a little unrelatable. Maybe you're not an emotionally driven person. Maybe you're not a touchy-feely sort of person. You're, you know, you're reserved. You like to have your own space. Maybe that's un unrelatable. But he really loves those people, doesn't he? He says, I rejoice. I make my prayer with joy. He's talking about a partnership in the gospel. He's, he's saying, it's right for me to feel this way that you all, because I hold you in my heart. And he says, I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And in chapter 4, and this is just amazing, chapter 4 he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. And he calls them to stand firm in the Lord in this way my dear friends is our experience of unity more about agreeing to a list of of beliefs or agreeing to meet together at this location at 9 30 on a sunday or does it go deeper paul's enthusiasm might seem a bit next level um and, and you might think oh well, is he the exception to the rule is he just another emotionally driven guy no, in fact, Paul writes this letter, the whole purpose is to encourage this church towards a unity just like, a, a love and a unity just like he has for them. This morning, I want us to get why the Apostle Paul is so keen for Christians to be like-minded, having the same love. We're going to look at three things. Firstly, our unity shows that we get the gospel. Secondly, unity itself is at the heart of the gospel. And thirdly, unity, our unity is built up through having the same mindset as Jesus Christ. 
So let's pray and ask God for his help in this. Father, would you please speak to us through your word? Would you help us see the love and affection um, that you have for us? And that would bleed through in the unity, love and affection in our church, in our local churches, in our small groups. Um, Lord, that you would transform those and continue to grow us and deepen our unity. Amen. So unity shows that we get the gospel. You've already heard Paul is super, super in love with the Philippians. He's so happy they've received the gospel. He's so happy and overjoyed the gospel's going out through their work. The gospel is spreading. He's so happy they're partners with him in mission. He is full up with joy. But he says, if you want to look at verse 2, um, he says, make my joy complete. Doesn't Paul have enough joy? He sounds like he's full of joy, doesn't he? Does he need a top-up? Does his joy glass sort of, is it a bit sort of half full? Does he need a bit of a top-up? No, not at all. He's actually not lacking in joy in any way. But what he's looking for is the thing that will confirm that joy. It's, it's like an electrical circuit. It, it's complete when those things are connected. It's not because it's lacking any components. It needs to be connected together. And when those things are connected together, it's a closed circuit. It's complete. It's done. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but like um, when mum's birthday was coming up and, you know, you want to do something special and all the, all the siblings get together and they're like, oh, what should we do for mum? Let's make it really special this year. And you're trying to work out what you want. You're arguing who's got the best idea. And finally you come to mum and say, mum, what do you really want for your birthday? And, and I'm sure many of you would, might have had this experience or feel this as well. Mum says, I just want my kids to love each other and get along. It's a sort of the similar sort of vein to what Paul's saying here. They have a unity as a family. Act like it. See, in addition to professing their faith in Christ, if Paul can see them acting in unity that is like full to the brim with love for each other and, and just oozing with humility, then he will know that their faith is genuine. Then he knows he's got something really to be joyful about. He knows that if they have that unity, they will be able to stand firm against any opposition they face, any division that might threaten their unity. And that brings him so much joy. That would bring him so much joy. See, if I really am a Christian, then, then that type of thing is the sort of thing I should expect to see developing in my, my life. You know, a genuine love for God's people. A desire to humbly serve them, uh, to work alongside them. And this is what Paul expects to see in them too. So why does Paul expect to see Christians having this sort of unity together? unity together simply for this reason unity isn't a side issue for the christian it, it, it's, it's not this sort of thing on the side it, it's actually at the heart of the gospel and that brings us to our second point unity itself is at the heart of the gospel it is central to the gospel message that's why Paul starts his plea with, in verse 1, if you see it, he says, 
if you have any encouragement in being united with Christ, why does he start with if? I mean, is, is Paul trying to target a, a specific type of Christian? Is it, is it um, a specific type of person? Is it like the Christian lottery? Like some of you have this, some of you don't. You know, if you're the lucky Christian with the numbers 12, 57, 8, 38, 29, and the Powerball number 5, you win the jackpot. You are the Christian who has encouragement and joy. No. If you are a Christian, you've already won the ultimate jackpot. You, you, you have every blessing, every benefit, every encouragement is already yours in Jesus. So since you're a Christian, you can just as easily read that if as a since. Since you have encouragement being united with Christ. Yeah. If you're a Christian, you have a huge amount of encouragement from being united with Christ. So what do you get? What's the jackpot? What do you get in the, the Christian lottery? What have you won? Man, it's huge. You go from being an enemy of God, destined for hell, being brought into the family of God, being called a child of God. He forgives your sin. He takes it away. He cleanses you. He makes you righteous. He gives you everything. He gives you his Holy Spirit to help you. He gives you a brand new hope uh, that, that death is not the end, that we actually have a hope of eternal life, and we get to take that now already. We, we have a hope that, um, that eternal life is just full of glory and riches as we inherit it as co-heirs with Christ. I mean, forget the $200 million. You are a co-heir with Christ of the whole new creation. It's yours. God's giving it to you. He's put his riches and his mercy out on you. And, and is there a greater treasure? It's, it's no wonder that Paul says in Philippians, you know, everything else that I consider to gain, I, I just count it as lost now compared with knowing Jesus Christ. So how does this faith, uh, having faith in Jesus, uh, give us all of that? It's because the Holy Spirit, through our faith, unites us to Jesus. It's called the doctrine of union with Christ, and it's the guts of the gospel message. It's not a side issue. Uh, there's, there's a theologian called John Murray, he wrote, Union with Christ is the central truth of the whole doctrine of salvation it is not simply a phrase of the application of redemption it underlies every single aspect of redemption if we're united to christ it's it's, it's like we're super glued to him i don't know if you've ever tried to put something back together with super glue and you know you've they're always really fiddly little aluminium sort of steel pack packages and the stuff always comes out the side because you kink the tube and it all gets over your hands but you're, you're trying to piece everything back together and before you know it, you're stuck there with half of mum's vase that you accidentally broke stuck to your hand and it's not coming off. I mean, you raise your hand up, that vase is going up. You put your hand down, you, that vase is going down. You reach for the first aid kit to try to help yourself, that's going up to the first aid kit. 
um, when you knock off the first aid kit off the bench it hits the floor and you trip over it you go down and so does that vase when the ambulance comes to pick you up they put you on the stretcher you go in the ambulance and so does that vase it, it, our union with Christ is like being super glued to Jesus you can't get into heaven any other way you don't receive those blessings any other way because you can't be good enough Jesus is the only one who can meet that standard you can't pay for all your sins and come into the presence of God only Jesus can do that for you see if united if you are united to Jesus you have absolutely everything so if, if you don't know Jesus if you are not sure if you're united to him man, you're missing out this is the most important decision you'll make in your life. You need to cry out to God that he would unite you to Jesus so you can have everything, every blessing in Christ. So when Jesus is on the cross, we're super glued to him. Our sin is there. His death becomes our death. When Jesus is laid in the tomb, our sin is buried in the grave. Our old nature, gone. When Jesus rises up from the death, from dead, it, so do we. We rise with him. We come into a brand new life. We actually enter into eternal life being united to Jesus. And, and the same sort of resurrection that Jesus uh, has, we will also have that resurrection because we are super glued to him as well. We will have the hope of that bodily resurrection. Now, it's, it's, it's actually a more beautiful illustration than just super glue. I mean, that's kind of weird and wacky, whatever. Um, the Bible describes this union and this unity we have with the imagery of marriage. Uh, Rachel, my wife, and, and I have been married for 17 years, I think nearly, next year, 17 years. Uh, we were two individuals, so there I am, silly young Cameron with a history of riding off cars, being bad with money, having debt, and there's Rachel, beautiful, gorgeous, smart, doing well in school, looking after her money, didn't crush a car at all. When we came together, to be Cam and Rach Bajabos, we, we combined our assets. We pulled our assets, you know, and um, I think Rachel got a pretty bum deal, really. Um, but I got, you know, she, she ends up with, with the slightly overweight uh, bald guy, and uh, I get a beautiful, smart, funny, amazing woman. But we pulled our assets, you know. We have a one bank account, like it's... What's hers is mine. And, and it, it's not just a contract. It's not a business arrangement. It's a covenant. It, it, it's, a, it's a promise of, of relationship and commitment and care and love and putting each other first. That's the sort of image that the Bible gives us about us being united to Jesus. Now, Jesus isn't a polygamist. Don't get the idea that, that we're all thousands and billions of brides being united to Jesus. No, the Bible talks about one bride. There is only one bride. 
his church, all of his people who are united to him, his special bride. This is a basis for Paul's unity, uh, plea for unity. Because if we belong to Jesus, if we've been united to him and called up into the, the love of, of the, our Trinitarian God, we're also being united together. If we belong to Jesus, we already have unity with each other. We are his bride together. What would make his joy complete is then seeing their faith confirmed in their love for one another. As a spiritual reality of their union with Christ and unity together actually spills out into real life in the here and now and impacts the way we relate to each other. Our third point is our unity is built up then through having the same mindset as Christ. You and I know unity is fragile. When we talked about marriage, apparently Australian Bureau of Statistics says that 30% of Australian marriages end up in separation and divorce. Um, I'm sure some of you may have been part of messy church splits or dysfunctional church leadership or division in your families. You know, you know how fragile unity is? Because division is going to come when we have different goals, when we have different mindsets. You, you see that in marriages. You see that in churches. People have their own agenda they want to push. They're not putting aside their own preferences to love and care for the other person. When you think about an athlete training up for, for their huge race, like they, they have a particular mindset. They've got an athlete's mindset, don't they? Like everything that athlete does is geared towards the goal of winning that race or doing their personal best at least. Like when it comes to what time they go to bed, they have a mindset that overrides however they feel and they go to bed at the right time that they're going to have enough energy. When it comes to are they going to go through the Macca's drive-thru or not, they have a mindset that's going to say, no, I can't do that because I have this goal in mind. Um, it turns absolutely every aspect of their life, every obstacle they encounter, uh, and it bends those things towards the one goal that they're trying to achieve. To have a mindset like Christ, as you see in, in verse 5, means to have, yes, it means we need to actually set our minds on Christ, that his priorities uh, become our priorities. The way he operates becomes the way we operate. So Paul's goal, you read in Philippians, is for their joy and progress in the faith. He loves them. He wants them to grow more and more in Jesus. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may test and approve what is right. They want, he wants them to enjoy Jesus more and more. And he's willing to, to forgo his own comfort, to leave his own security, to, to lay his own preferences aside, to face opposition so that that would happen. 
He endures all sorts of hardships and he puts them all aside for their joy and progress in the faith. So, what should our mindset be as we carry out that mission? How should we be thinking? Well, the answer, verse 5, in all your relationships with each other, have the mindset of Christ Jesus. Here it is, look at what is the mindset of Christ Jesus. Have a look at chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Jesus Christ. Here it is. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by coming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That is the mindset that saved you. That is the sort of mindset that was required to bring you from death to life. That's what Jesus did because he loved you. The mission of the church is, is, is really epic. I want to say that again, the, the, the mission statement for Bulletin. Together we learn Jesus, lead people towards Jesus and love like Jesus. It's an epic mission, but it requires unity. And the danger is that we can get away in the way of that unity. You can make the following, uh, you can make following that mission really hard for yourself and an absolute nightmare for everyone else around you in two ways. Either we push our own agenda, become difficult, obstinate, proud, disagreeable, stirring up trouble unnecessarily. There's an active way you can work against unity. There's also a passive way you can work against unity too. We disengage, you pull back. You stop attending church regularly. You, you never rock up to small group anymore. Um, youth groups on again this week. Ah, oh, don't feel like it. You've actually got to be around to make unity happen. Becoming distant and disinterested will not only kill your joy in the faith, but it will also sap the joy out of uh, of ministry right out of your brothers and sisters who are trying to love you who are trying to work towards that mission together. You become like a dead weight who just drags the ship down. I think um, most of us have the tendency to be either one of those. Listen to Paul's plea that you would be united. And do what it needs to be, uh, do what needs to be done to, to make it right. Because you're missing out on the joy that belongs to you and you're robbing that joy from other people too. So how is Willerton going to carry out that mission in the light of this? Well, here it is. Together we learn Jesus. Be united to him and be encouraged by what that means. Learn what it means to be united to Jesus. Learn what it means to enjoy every blessing he gives you. Learn how deep his love is for you. 
and be transformed by the spirit he has placed in your heart our unity is us in christ but it's also christ in us be transformed by his word take on his mindset secondly together we we lead people towards jesus by showing them what it means to live and take on that mindset of christ humbly sacrificially serving structuring your life in such a way that you are actively seeking the joy and progress in the faith of your brothers and sisters and for those who do not even yet know the lord and the cool thing is you get to do this together it's a team effort everyone's got their own skills gifts talents whatever we get to do it together i'm so glad that together is in your mission you work together to make disciples kids church volunteers like what a great opportunity what's something that seems so so lowly and insignificant it's just babysitting the kids so we can listen better in church like not at all you heard the heart for the children and many of those children were baptized in this church in front of many of you and when they were baptized you made promises to them to order your life in such a way that would point them to jesus put on the jesus mindset to love those little ones uh, and, and together love like jesus paul says make my joy by uh, complete by being like-minded having the same love Williston christian church praise god and give him thanks for the local church he has made you part of it is it is truly beautiful you have a unity you can feel it when you come into this room praise god and thank him for it have the mindset of jesus christ by laying aside your pride and ambitions and value others above yourself you won't always agree, always agree with everyone you will have differing interests but love them by not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others church love each other with the same love paul has for these people the same love that god has shown you because you are united to jesus and his spirit dwells in you be thinking how can i grow a little bit more in having a mindset like jesus so as we wrap up let's think of these things i'll give you a minute to chew on it and then we'll we'll pray and we'll close what changes do you need to take steps towards how can you be more willing to let go of your own comfort or maybe your position of, of power or maybe social status maybe you need to cut down your leisure time and look to the interest of others so that you can love them by seeing them in their joy and, and progressing in their faith.
I'm sure there's many ways that you can do that. Just give you a, a minute to think about those things and we'll, we'll pray. Father, what a glorious gospel you've given us. That you would take us sinners, rebels, selfish, full of our own interests, full of pride, and you would unite us to yourself so that those things could be done away with so that you could draw us into your family, so that we could experience every blessing there is in being united to our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Help us learn what it is to be united to you, more and more. And let that be evident in the way we love each other. Lord, I pray for Williston Christian Church as they look for a pastor. Lord, would you please provide the right man at the right time. But thank you so much for the unity they already have with each other, being on that mission together. Please be with them. May they grow in their joy and their progress in the faith. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.